Hello, everybody. I am so excited for today's episode of the Church Collective podcast. We have a wonderful guest with us. Guest, why don't you introduce yourself to us? Yeah, hi, everyone. I'm Mark. Um, I am the Resource and Creative Director at Church Collective and a longtime friend of Simon's. So I'm sure there'll be plenty of banter in this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> How, Mark, how, how long have we known each other now? It's been, what, uh, five years? Five or six, yeah, six. something like that. Maybe five, yeah. We, we just absolutely uh, adore both Mark and Sarah. Uh, we're just so grateful that they started the journey, the planting journey of Church Collective with us from, well, it was even before day one, wasn't it? We, we were praying for six months before church collective was uh, was planted just together uh, every sunday night hannah and i mark and sarah would just meet and would just pray because if the planting journey of any church and the life of any church is not underridden with prayer it won't happen so we prayed and here we are today uh, one year into our journey. It's just such an amazing blessing that you guys are with us. Mark, um, a resource and creative director, just explain that to us. What what do you actually do? Um, covers quite a few different things, but I suppose essentially it's looking at ways that we can resource the church um, through digital, so whether that's online, social media, um, putting video courses together, um, with Sarah, my wife, we both lead the online collective where we do courses for people who are sort of exploring faith, you know, discovering the Bible for the first time or just looking to gather with other people to understand the Bible a little bit more. Um, and the creative side of my role really is, is kind of covering all those things like producing banners and flyers and um, all of the things that get distributed to kind of help people know more about what we're doing at Church Collective. Um, but also as part of my role, I look after worship across the different collectives as well. So with one of our values being worship creatively, um, my role is to kind of help different people explore what worship could look like in a creative setting, um, maybe a bit more away from the kind of traditional singing songs, uh, although that is part of what we do as well. Um, it's looking to kind of help people explore and encounter Jesus in a really creative way. Amazing. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about worship creatively. Now, if you listened to the previous podcast, we've we've started a, a mini series looking at our values and discovering firstly how we came to land on our values, but then also working through the individual values that we have. Our values are, we invite everybody to play their part as we worship creatively, love generously, and serve locally. And if you listen to the last podcast that we that we had, uh, we were talking about what it looks like for us all to be invited to play our part. And that is such a core value, but that's almost like a preface value to the three which are worship creatively, love generously, and serve locally. Because what we wanna do is we want to uh, create opportunity to inhabit spaces of which everybody can play their part, both worshiping creatively, loving generously, 
and also serving locally because if we all don't play our part in those three areas then firstly in our discipleship and our walk with jesus we won't be flourishing as jesus says that we can and having life to the full but also as church we know that as the body of christ as we talked about last time we all have individual parts to play and my worship to jesus mark your worship to jesus doing that in a creative way my loving the community generously mark your loving generously the community and also serving locally if we inhabit that all together as we all play our parts in those things church collective will thrive because it is jesus church and we are doing what we believe jesus has called us to do that church collective so please do go back and listen to uh, the last episode as we kind of introduced the values but talked about what it looks like for each of us to play our parts but with that preface of the last podcast we're now going to do two podcasts looking at what it is to worship creatively and as mark's just introduced he is the guy who is sort of overseeing that for us as part of the life of the church but mark before we get into things like what is worship why do we worship and all that sort of stuff that we're going to talk about today just tell us a bit about your background and how you got to this point but particularly focusing around your journey of worship yeah, so I, I grew up in a Christian home. Um, my parents were Christians. My grandparents were Christians. Um, so it was kind of always something that I, I grew up with, going to church. Um, and my parents um, led worship. And so I was sort of immersed in this experience of, you know, going to church every week and having my parents lead worship. Um, and there was a period of time where my dad sort of took some time away from that um, but my mum continued to lead worship, but she did it just with her voice, just singing. And so there were no musicians whatsoever. Um, so at, around, I guess, the age 12 or 13, I learned the guitar specifically so I could sort of support my mum and, and play the guitar while my mum led worship. Um, and this kind of led to me then, you know, being asked to lead worship in the youth group, um, being asked to lead worship at other youth groups. And then ultimately being asked to lead worship at a, a monthly um, citywide youth event that was held in Birmingham Cathedral. Um, so I then sort of got to know loads of other musicians and that was a really good good time for me to explore what, what that looked like um, from a kind of singing point of view and, and musical worship. Um, so I kind of wanted to explore what that was for me a bit more. I was also doing youth work as well. So I spent some time with uh, Soul Survivor down in Watford who were a bit of a powerhouse, bit you know, known for um, churning out loads of really incredible worship leaders. And uh, so I was really fortunate to spend some time with, with some of those guys down there and learn so much from them. Um, but see, I think up until this point in my mind, a new worship was, was more than just singing songs, but my experience of worship was just singing songs. Um, and so, beyond that time i then started to kind of do some work with young people who were excluded from school and they were like young people who were really struggling in their home settings and started to kind of i guess have a broader picture of what worship could look like if it was more than just singing songs and it was actually more about serving people and loving people um so 
yeah, so I kind of explored that as well. And uh, I went down a few different avenues, youth worker, um, eventually found a job that would allow me to to do some worship stuff as well. So became a worship pastor, um, which was great. That was in a church that also did a lot of stuff in the community. So the two things kind of working together, worship and justice, um, being really sort of united as, as two themes um, was just a, a great thing, great learning experience for me. Um, and so to, to land here where we are now, um, to be in a position where I can look at what, what worship really does look like in different settings for smaller groups, for larger gatherings, um, but really in the day to day. So for people who are in their workplace or, you know, in school, university, different, different settings like that. Um, yeah. And it's been an incredible journey and, and you know, me and Hannah have seen some of that journey and that sort of theological exploration of what worship is sort of unfolds in particularly these you know, years that we've known you and particularly these past couple of years as you've, as you've really just discovered what that looks like and really spent some time in scripture looking at worship. And, you know, in scripture, we see the psalms and we see so many other uh, songs of praise throughout scripture so you know that rootedness of you being a worship pastor leading people from the front of church in song worship has been such a foundation for you but then this journey of okay what would it look like if worship was not just or worship was songs and and mm. So I guess the next question to ask would be, what is worship then for you now? Mm. I think I've been really influenced by um, those people in the persecuted church who actually can't sing when they gather because of the risk of persecution. And so um, for me, worship now is in its simplest form, is just to give worth to something you know i think everybody worships it's just a matter of who or what we worship um and so i think persecuted church who who've really learned to gather together without always being able to sing they've had to discover different ways of giving worth to god um you know i think true worship really is is just giving more worth to god than we give to anything else and so some people might worship a football team or a rugby team or food or exercise or whatever. Um, but ultimately, in its truest form, I think worship is just giving our all to God. But it's something we're created to do as well, isn't it? It's not just something that we're invited into. It's something we're created to do. So for me, I think it's all about um, just loving God and really been an adventure to discover well what does that look like and not being stuck in a certain one way of doing it um and i think i've as i've kind of grown into things a little bit more especially now i've got three kids who are very different it's appreciating the fact that god created us all differently and actually we'll all experience worship and encountering jesus in in a slightly different way and our expression of that can also be different as well so having a broader picture of what worship can look like is actually really exciting because it, it means that 
um, people can explore who he is. They can um, encounter him in different ways. So, you know, somebody, for me, I get recharged when I'm out in nature, when I'm walking around um, short walks in, in nature. I'm just reminded again of how great God is and his kind of creative expression and, and his grandeur. Um, but somebody else who, who maybe just doesn't really like being out in nature, they might encounter God in a different way. And I think it's, it's really key for us to um, allow people to encounter Jesus in so many different ways. I love that, that base uh, definition of worship you know giving worship to and obviously in our case when we're talking about worship from a christian point of view we are very clearly specifically talking about worship of god of who he is and what jesus has done for us on the cross and giving that absolute thanks adoration and you know praise to mm. him um i think actually is the, it, the root go on, sorry the root, yeah i was just going to say the root word of worship is worship so just uh, worth, what do we give our worth to? Yeah, I love that. And, and we've, um, in the series that we're doing um, in the different collectives, whether that's um, the uh, on-location collectives we have or online collective, uh, we're, we're breaking the worship creatively uh, side into three weeks. And we're talking about worship is about God's, uh, worship is to God and worship is for God. Mark, could you just speak into those things um, again, sort of thinking and again, describing to us what worship is in those three ways? Yeah, so I like to think of it as about God, to God and for God, because it actually gives us more vocabulary for what our worship is. It's not just gathering together to sing songs it's so much more than that so for me about god unless we know who god is our response won't won't mean anything so it's about god because the more we know about god the more we want to praise him the more we want to thank him the more we want to adore him um, and it's one of those things where the more you know the more you want to know so the more we understand who he is the more we know about him um, the more we want to seek him, the more we want to uh, grow and, and come to know even more about who he is. Um, so that's about God. And I think that's always a really key, key place to start. Um, there's a phrase, isn't there, that's worship is a response to revelation. And if we don't have that revelation, we don't know how to appropriately respond. Um, so that's worshipping about God. Can I, can I interject? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's so good, Mark. And, and when people talk about encountering God in worship, that's what we're doing, isn't it? Because God is revealing more of himself to us as we worship, whether that is in a room with 5,000 people all singing, being led by a worship leader, singing our praises to God, or as you described, whether it's you by yourself watching a sunrise you know walking along the beach or whatever it is god revealing himself to us as we encounter him mm. but interestingly as you've highlighted that is one part of worship and i think the um the limitation potentially that some christians would put on worship is that it is 
fully about the personal encounter that we have when we are in that moment mm -hmm. but that limits what worship is because it's not just about god it is also and i'm going to let you carry on it's also to god and for god isn't it go on carry on yeah so to i think of the word to as being like towards so when worship is towards god or worship is to god actually my posture changes i actually physically turn to look towards him as opposed to look into things that might be a distraction or you know so rather than spending hours and hours on watching netflix for example if i'm worshiping to god i'm, I'm looking towards him and away from something else um and actually it's really about what we prioritize so somebody said um that you can see what you worship by what you spend your money and time on so what are our priorities what are the things that we would prioritize but i love the way it actually is that posture change and that's why you know when when you do see people gather to worship you you might see people maybe raise their hands or um kneel down or sometimes you'll see people literally lying flat on the floor and there's something just in that posture change which says god i'm putting you above anything else i'm turning towards you i'm turning away from other things but i'm turning towards you um there's a really great series called the chosen which i should be on commission for if only that was a thing <laughs> um because, because i uh, i just think it's so good but it is it a, is so good it is honestly it is. so good but there's a there's a thing in there where Mary Magdalene she's she's met Jesus and um, she says uh, she says this phrase she says I was one way and now I'm completely different and the thing that happened in between was him so her life is completely transformed the trajectory of her life is turned and it's the encounter with Jesus that does that but there's that that change that happens there's that change that takes place. So when we talk about worship being to God, I think it's just really helpful to see it as like a, a kind of physical posture change. Like my life has been transformed. I was one way, but then I met him and now it's completely different. Um, my posture when I worship is completely different. I may raise my hands a, a bit like, you know, my, my youngest um, daughter, Evelyn, she will often put both of her hands up and just say, daddy, you know, because she wants me to kind of lift her up and there's just something in that. It's just a, a natural posture is to lift our hands and, and to say, daddy, to be to be held, to be comforted, to be encouraged um, and supported and all those different things. So that's that's the posture for me, the posture change. Um, just re us repositioning our lives around Jesus. And and what you're saying is the gospel the good news of Jesus being outworked in almost like a kind of a, a timeline, isn't it? Because somebody who doesn't yet know who Jesus is, they need to know who he is through either an encounter, and that could be with a person who knows Jesus and who speaks to them about Jesus. That could be an encounter just by themselves um, through the Holy Spirit, just really, you know, empowering them in some way it could be an encounter of transformation whether that's um, addiction being broken or um, 
physical or emotional or uh, mental healing. It could be just reading the Bible and allowing the words of scripture, the words that uh, God wants us to be reading, to know more about him. And that's the about. And then as you've described that, that 180 turn, that is what happens when we when we hear the good news of Jesus and what he has done for us on the cross and all that he has given for us so that we can then spend eternal life with God. And that's what happens. It's, it's about God. And then and then it's to God because we do that 180 flip and therefore our natural uh, inclination, the, the, the next step in that journey is to worship God looking for God because of what he has done. Go on, speak more about for God as well. Yeah, I think the, the funny thing about for God is that um, God is the only person who doesn't need affirmation. <laughs> so true, so um, true. He's the only one who's worthy of all, our, all of our affirmation, but he doesn't actually need it. He, he enjoys it when we, when we worship him. Um, the go-to verse, you know, Romans 12, this is a bit of a go-to um, bit of scripture for thinking about worship. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And something about that offering is for God. So again, it's I'm, I'm prioritizing him, but I'm saying this is a, something that I'm offering to you. But I'm offering it to you, not because you require it, not because you need it to feel better about yourself, because you don't you don't need that because you're God. You want that because you enjoy being with me. You enjoy my company. You enjoy having your people adore you. Um, and I, I think, again, that's just uh, when we think about songs, if songs were the only thing that we did for worship, yeah, we sing songs about God. We sing songs to God and, and we sing songs for God. But I don't I don't really think that like that's it. That can't surely that can't be it because singing songs about God. Brilliant. Singing songs to God. Brilliant. Singing songs for him. Yeah, he enjoys it. But actually what he really enjoys is when we when we dedicate our whole lives as an act of worship, like it says in there, Romans 12 in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. It's got to be more than singing songs on a, on a kind of week, every week um, kind of basis. And so that's where I think there's been a, a new dialogue um, around whole life worship. And there's great organisations who talk about your work, your home life, your school, your university, your relationships with other people, and how actually that can be part of your worship offering to God as well. Um, so those three things, they they work together, worship being about God, to God and for God. They, they actually all, there's a bit of an overlap with the three, but they all work together um, so that our worship is much more balanced. It's, there's more of a um, there's more of an emphasis on God than us, um, and I don't know about you, but I definitely have done this in the past where I've kind of come away from a, a gathering, and I've been thinking, well, that didn't really do much for me. That was a bit that was a bit hard work this morning, or oh, I didn't really get into that today. 
as if it was about me. But having this view of worship being about God to God and for God, it's not about me anyway. It's about him. And so it just reframes our thinking about what worship is. And going back to the beginning, worship, he's so worthy. And so as we explore what worship look like looks like for us, um, it's all coming back to he is worthy of it, whatever it looks like, whatever form it takes, wherever it happens, he's worthy of our worship. And in that transformation, when we encounter Jesus, in however we encounter him, you know, when we're thinking about God, that life transformation that happens when we do that 180 turn to look to God, our our lives look to him now because we've seen him, we've had that revelation of him. And then for God, again, I used this word before, but it but it's limited if the only time we worship is um when we gather together and in whatever the way that looks like, whether it is singing songs, whether it is in a different, uh, more creative way of worshiping, but it's limited. Jesus calls us and calls us to uh, transform our whole lives to live for him. And that's the for God bit, as you're saying, and, and I'm mm. slightly repeating what you're saying, but I just want to really stress the point our whole lives, when we put our trust in Jesus, when we know who he is and what he has done for us, our whole lives need to be that reflection of praise and adoration to him. And that's not just on the Sunday. And and please uh, don't hear that we are discrediting anything that happens um, in gathered church times, whether that's song worship, whether that's different ways, that is a part of it. But don't limit worship just to that, because worship is uh, what we're doing now on this conversation. And we're having this on a Monday morning, uh, but it, it's whatever you do on a Wednesday lunchtime, whether whether you're at the gym, whether, as you said before, you're at home with your with your spouse or your children or whether you're by yourself in a workplace or whatever it is. We can worship for God because of who he is and our whole mm. lives need to reflect that. Maybe a, a helpful um, analogy for that, actually, is that I, so I live 100 miles away from Birmingham, which is where I grew up, but I only have to travel five minutes down the road to see a sign that has Birmingham on the sign. But it's just it's just pointing me in the right direction. So it's, it's pointing me to Birmingham, but it isn't Birmingham. That sign that says Birmingham isn't Birmingham. It's just pointing me in the right direction. And I think if we think of our gathered times of worship as being like that sign, it, it's pointing us to something so much bigger, so much, uh, you know, obviously Birmingham is is so much bigger and better than, than anywhere else, but <laughs> that's where the analogy falls over. But, <laughs> but it, it's pointing us to something else. And if we see it as when we gather together, that's not the full expression of worship. It's a it's part of the expression of worship. And if we see then that we when we then scatter into different places, into places of work, school, home, wherever it is, that's then a adding to that expression of worship. Um and, and I'd say equally that if people are only expressing worship in those places and not when they gather together, 
that it's the same imbalance it's just the other way around so there's a real importance for gathering and scattering and, and having worship as part of both of those expressions love that mark um we always try and look at a bible passage uh, together um when we do these podcasts because we really want to delve into the words delve into scripture what jesus um, has given to us is there a particular passage that really stirs you that symbolizes for you and represents for you this worship that you're describing today yeah i think for me you know we've talked about worship being an encounter it's encountering jesus and i think the the bit of scripture that really sums that up for me is is john 4 where jesus talks with the samaritan woman um you know this is a, a woman who has gone to a well to draw water but she's gone at a specific time in the heat of the day because she knows other people won't be there she's just carrying shame and guilt and so she doesn't want to see anybody else but the person she encounters when she goes there is is jesus and rather than condemning her he just sits and talks to her in a really kind of gentle way um he acknowledges that he knows why she feels shame but he loves her all the same um and i think i just love that encounter that she has with jesus and actually how that is a an incredible picture of what it what it could be like for for people that we know who don't yet know Jesus to encounter him. Because what happens then when she's encountered him, she then runs off and she wants to tell everybody that she's met Jesus. And I think that for me, is just such an amazing, incredible um, picture of what, what worship is and what it can be linked to sharing the good news of Jesus to other people. Because I think in the church, we can often think of worship as being, you know, like one direction. It's like from me to God. But actually, it it enables other people to ex- experience who he is as well. When we when our lives have been changed and other people see that our lives have been changed and they see that it's because of Jesus. Um, and that's what happens in, in John 4. Yeah, look that passage up if you um, are unfamiliar with it. It's John chapter four, uh, starting at verse one, all the way through to verse 26. And you're right, now that I look at that passage and think about it in the light of worship is about God, to God and for God, you can see those three different elements in that story so clearly. You can see that encounter the about God. You can see that shift that she has towards Jesus uh, away from what was to now the life that she wants to lead, the to God bit. And then you write that the for God is then that leaving and wanting to go and worship with her whole life. Um, Verse uh, 21 says this, and this sort of summarizes that, you know, to, uh, sorry, for God going out um, to him. Uh, Jesus addresses uh, the Samaritan woman and says, believe me, A time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. Because what he's saying is it will be everywhere. It will be in everything that we are, in every corner of the globe, because you have encountered me about God. You have made that shift towards me, to God, and now go and worship for God because of all that he is. I love that, Mark. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that with us. Okay, we're sort of drawing to a close. 
Um, but I wonder if you could just give us some uh, practicalities, really, um, as we look to how do we live out this worship? And that could just be in a general day to day, you know, some tips from you. How do we live out this worship that you've described? But then also as a sort of a, a sob question, maybe as well when life is uh, is tough, things aren't going quite as we hope they are. Maybe we're praying for something and it's not yet happened. And um, how do we continue to worship um, the encounter of God about God, uh, making that shift to God and then also praising for God? How do we do that in those situations? Yeah, really good question. And, you know, I've, I've had to wrestle with that question for many years. I'm sure if you've heard any of the previous podcasts, you'll have heard um, about my experience of living with, with pain, um, permanent pain. And, uh, and worship has been really instrumental in the way I manage to live with pain. Um, you know, it's been described that, that worship is, is a weapon um which sounds quite abstract really for for anybody i think let alone people who are kind of new new to faith but worship being a weapon um what i mean by that is when i'm in pain it's just so easy for me to be totally consumed by my own pain but when i worship it's literally retraining my brain to do what it was created to do which is to worship worship god now i'm not saying that any of this is is easy by any stretch um but there's a, a passage it's lamentations three and it it lists you know in great detail challenges struggle difficulties but then there's this bit that says um i acknowledges the pain my soul is downcast within me um and then it says um yet this i call to mind and therefore i have hope and worship does that when we worship because worship is about god we're getting a fresh revelation of who he is and a worship is to god and for god it it retrains our brain and it reminds us that there is hope in in him um there's a great song matt redmond wrote a song called ten thousand reasons um bless the lord of my soul you know that one um for me, when it's when we sing "Bless the Lord, O my soul," it's actually me telling myself to bless the Lord. It's it's me reminding myself this is the time to bless the Lord. So, bless the Lord is not just a kind of let's just let's all do this together. It's actually a right now. I need to remind myself to bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and worship His holy name. Um, so, worship as a weapon. It when I worship, he's increasing and I'm decreasing. Um, I forget where that is. It's in John somewhere. I think maybe John three. He must increase. I must decrease. And so by worshipping him, I'm reframing my situation, not necessarily changing my situation, but my approach to him allows him to increase and me to decrease. And so that has helped me um because it's actually reminded me that he cares about me he loves me he's there he's you know jesus is praying for me and um, all those things that are happening in the background while i'm experiencing so much 
agony. And it also reminds me that he experienced agony for me. You know, when he was nailed to the cross, the pain that he experienced is a pain um, that he understands. And so when we're going through challenges, um, I think it's very easy for us to kind of go back to those uh, coping strategies, the things that we have relied on in the past. But do you remember we were talking about worthship and it's the things that we give our worth to. And so I want to be increasing in the way that I give worth to him um, instead of giving worth to other things that, that might be a distraction or an un, unhelpful distraction. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe that's a kind of helpful thing for, for people who are experiencing a, a bit of a challenge is to not feel that you have to kind of conjure something up because that actually just requires more effort and energy. Actually, um, Jesus, Jesus is there to just sit with you and allow you to be still. So when you say, bless the Lord, oh my soul, that, that might be all you need to say. Um, you don't have to kind of use more energy in, in trying to, um, to approach him because he's already approached you and he sits with you in, in that place. Mark, thank you so much. You are so wise. You've given us so much to think about today and you've really unpacked for us that kind of theological grounding of uh, what worship is and therefore why we worship. And, and you've started the how we worship, but we'll continue the how we worship, particularly looking at how we worship in creative ways in our next episodes of the podcast. So make sure you tune into that one. Make sure that uh, you really sit with what we've been talking about today. And if you go away with just you know, three little phrases in your mind today, I want you to really consider that worship is about God. Worship is to God and worship is for God. Mark, thank you so much for your time today. Um, and would you just pray us out as we go out, whatever we're doing, wherever we're listening this, would you just pray us out? Yeah, Jesus, thank you that worship is all about you. Thank you that um, we can worship you with our whole lives. We can worship you when we gather and we can worship you in the secret place as well. And Lord, I ask that um, for anybody who's listening today, who, who might be just struggling with this concept of, of what worship is, Lord, that you would bring new revelation, new understanding um, of who you are. And that there might be a response to that. Lord, thank you that you want to break us out of a, um, a standard model of, of worshipping you. And you want us to use what you've put in us to give it back to you. And so, Lord, I pray that there'd be a real excitement. We're just reminded of uh, that phrase from many years ago, which is that, that worship is about glorifying God and enjoying him forever. And so, Lord, help us to enjoy you as well. Help us to um, maybe not be so serious about you all the time, but to enjoy you, to really be filled with the joy of your presence. Amen. We invite everyone to play their part as we worship creatively, love generously and serve locally.